your Bible this morning to the book of Matthew. We'll be in Matthew chapter number 9. Matthew chapter number 9. And I am aware of the time this morning uh, because of the extra things that we've had going on. Um, I do know we're a little bit behind schedule. Uh, by that clock, it's 1135. And uh, usually I am well into the message this morning. Uh, but uh, because of that, I will cut my message short and I don't want you to be worried about the time. I will get out uh, no later than 5 after 12. I'll, I'll cut my message off uh, wherever I'm at. So I don't I want you to give me your attention. I don't want you to worry about that. And I'll be very aware of our schedule uh, with our buses that have to take people home. But I want, to get, I want you to give me your attention this morning. And not let anything uh, keep the Lord from working in our hearts this morning. Uh, I've already, already been blessed by all the music. I've been blessed by our brother giving that testimony. Uh, I was encouraged and convicted by his testimony, and I've already been blessed by it. And I know that uh, this is this morning, uh, God wants to continue to do something in our hearts. We we don't have enough time to waste. Christ is returning, and it's important for us to make the decisions we need to make in our own life. If you're here this morning and you're not saved, you don't have time to waste. You can't put that off. Uh, no man is guaranteed another day. Uh, if you have yet to, if there's an area of your life that, that you know the Lord wants you to surrender to Him uh, and serving Him, don't waste any time with that. Uh, time is of the essence. Let's look at one verse, Matthew 9, and we'll look at verse number 9. And as Jesus passed forth from hence, from thence, He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And he saith unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. This is, this is an interesting verse to me. It's a verse I've, I have highlighted in my Bible. If we're not careful, we'll read and just read right past a verse like this. And I hope that I can share some significance. Matthew, who is reached here and follows the Lord, is the same Matthew who the Lord used to pen this book a disciple of his. Think about that. Matthew, going about his business, had no idea what was going to happen to him once Christ found him. He had no idea, not just how his eternity would change, but how his life would change. But he was just a man sitting at the receipt of custom, going about his daily business, <clears throat> when Christ found him. Jesus was in his ministry and he would use men such as Matthew to literally turn the world upside down with the gospel of Christ. He was leaving the multitudes and he had ministered and reached multitudes and now we find testimony of him reaching one man. On this mission's emphasis Sunday, uh, we put our focus on reaching the world. This morning, I want to preach on this subject with the time I have remaining, <coughs> reaching the world one man at a time, reaching the world one man <coughs> at a time. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help us this morning to put our attention on the scripture, put our attention on what you have for us. May the Holy Spirit of God work in our hearts and our lives this morning. If there's one here unsaved, uh, may they realize their need of salvation and look to you this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, 
he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. He saith unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. There's an estimated 7.7 billion people in the world today. And Christ died for every one of them. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, a verse that I keep in front of us often. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, <coughs> both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. This is Christ's command to the church to reach the world. We say reach the world, we, we use that terminology often and we should, but let me remind you that world is 7.7 billion individuals who if they don't trust Christ, if they're not reached with the gospel, they'll die and go to a literal hell. This scripture reminds us of our responsibility as a church to reach the world. Someone has to reach in Jerusalem. Uh, while some have to reach Judea, and yet there are still others that must be willing to go to the othermost parts of the earth. Uh, we're reminded that all of us, no matter if we stay in our Jerusalem, go to our G Judea, our Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth, all of us must go in Holy Spirit power. This is the mission of the church. If you're new to our church or this is your first time in our church, hopefully you'll understand some things about our church very, very quickly and some very good things as far as I'm concerned. But one thing you need to know about our church is we believe in Christ's command to reach the world with the gospel. That is what we are about. But the question can be asked, can it be done? And I answer this morning, yes. It can be done. Christ does not give a command that we, he is not willing to assist us in fulfilling. You say, but pastor, you said there's 7.7 billion people in the world. How are we going to reach them with the gospel? I give you a very simple answer this morning. One at a time. Because sometimes we see the, the, the bigness, the magnitude of a task. And because we don't see how it can be done, we don't do anything to fulfill any part of it. Uh, we must understand what Acts chapter number 1 verse 8 tells us to remind us we all have a part. Some are going to serve in, in, in Jacksonville, Florida. Others are going to serve in Togo, West Africa. But all of us have a part that we can play in reaching the world with the gospel. How do we reach 7.7 billion people? One at a time. God was going to use Matthew and his other disciples in a great way. Matthew first had to be reached. Our missionary brother has given us a good example of what reaching one little boy in a village with no church and no Bible, the impact that he can have in, in churches getting planted and souls saved. But before there could be churches planted and multitudes saved, there had to be one who comes to Christ. You say, Pastor, I still don't understand how. Do you realize with these 7.7 billion, let's just take if there was 100,000 Christians, and there's more than that in this world, but just 100,000 across this world said, I'll win one soul to Christ. And then that 200,000 said, we'll win one soul to Christ. 
You realize if we repeated that less than 20 times, you could reach 7.7 billion people with the gospel. Now, we know that all won't receive and all won't uh, give their heart to the Lord and many will reject Christ, but it is something that could be done if we would get a hold of the fact I might not could be, have a part in reaching the world, but I could have a part in reaching one. I want us to notice a few things here in this verse about our Lord that I think will help us in this effort. I'm thankful this morning that I'm saved and on my way to heaven, aren't you? I'm thankful I don't have any doubts about it. I don't have to be scared of it. I know for certain I understand the peace and joy that that brother spoke of when he received Christ as his Savior. Why? Because we've all experienced it. We've all felt it. When we give our heart to Christ through faith and believe on him, knowing our sins are forgiven, no, we never have to give an answer to them. But don't you think others ought to have that same opportunity? Certainly so. Let's look at this verse, simple verse this morning. And as Jesus passed forth from hence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And he saith unto him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. Let's say, first of all, this morning, Jesus was looking. The Bible says he saw a man named Matthew. Jesus was looking. You know why many churches, there's, there's, there's dozens, if not hundreds, of Baptist churches in Jacksonville, Florida. You would think with that many churches, we'd have reached the city by now. But you know why cities aren't reached by churches? Because they're not looking. They exist for themselves. And this morning, I'm thankful for the Emmanuel Baptist Church and what the Emmanuel Baptist Church does for me. I'm thankful for the encouragement I get from my church. I'm thankful for the prayers that are prayed for this pastor. I'm thankful for our people. And in, in times, as we've already mentioned this morning, it's one of the benefits of having a church uh, that when life brings you things that you didn't expect or you weren't anticipating at that moment, you have a church family that can go to God on your behalf. I love what the church does for me. I love we can come to the house of God and be reminded of how good God is for a good good to us and what he can do for us and how we can grow as Christians. And as your pastor, it is a joy to see you grow in Christ and for God to do things in your life. It's wonderful, the benefits of the church. But friend, we're still supposed to be looking. Jesus saw a man. What kind of man was he? He was a sinful man. So, Pastor, how do you know you have never even met Matthew? I know because I know me. Better yet, I know because I know you. And I know this Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Without Christ, he was a sinful man without hope. Friend, that's how we all were before we met Christ. and Put our faith and trust in him. We were just a sinner on our way to a devil's hell without hope. And if you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ and only Christ is your personal Savior and put your faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, that, that is where you sit today. You're a sinful man without hope. The difference in you and the rest of us is we are sinful men with hope because of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for us. 
But I love this part of this verse. This is powerful. This may be as far as I get this morning. He saw a man named Matthew. I'm reminded by this verse of Scripture, Jesus knew his name. Jesus knew who he was. This morning, you may have walked in these doors, and you may wonder if anybody knows who you are, even better yet, if anybody cares who you are, anybody cares a thing about you. But can I tell you this morning, Jesus knows your name. And when he willingly allowed himself to be nailed to that old cruel cross on that hill called Calvary, and he had the, the sins of mankind placed on him, he knew your name on that cross. He knows your name today, and he would say to you this morning, just as I, I saw a man named Matthew... I see you, and he knows your name. He knows who you are. He knows where you come from. He knows your sin condition. He knows whether or not you have hope or not this morning. He knows all, and aren't you thankful we have a God who cares for the individual? I'm thankful God wants to see the world saved, but I'm more grateful that he saw an individual that needed the gospel, and he sees the individual this morning. Jesus was looking. He saw a man named Matthew. Christ saw the individual. I'm thankful that one day I realized that Jesus saw a little boy named Greg. And my eternity was changed. Think about that for a moment. He saw a man named Matthew. Boy, I look around the building, aren't you glad he saw a Sam, a Chris, a Robbie, a Ryan. He even saw a Sharon. And I could go around the room this morning. If you're saved, aren't you glad that Jesus saw you? Saw, your, saw who you were, saw your condition. It didn't matter to him what side of the tracks you came from. It didn't matter what uh, culture you came out of. It didn't matter whether or not you lived in a certain part of the world. He saw you and you didn't blend in with the crowd. He saw you and he died for you. He paid your sin debt. He saw an individual when he saw Matthew. And if you're here this morning and you've never experienced the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, can I just let you in on a little secret this morning? You don't blend in with everybody else here. Christ knows you. He knows your name. He knows your need. He knew you'd walk in the doors this morning. He knew the very seat you'd be sitting in. He knew the very message that would be preached this morning. He knew every song that was going to be sung. He knew about the, the, the providence that would take place in your life during the week from somebody knocking on your door, somebody extending an invitation. He knew where you would be this morning and just as he said to Matthew I know your name he says to you this morning I know your name I know who you are and I care we see Jesus was looking secondly I hasten Jesus was caring this may not have a lot of significance to you but it does to me he saw a man named Matthew. Notice the next part of this verse, sitting at the receipt of custom. Matthew was a tax collector, not a very popular guy. 
You say, Pastor, why do you point that out sitting at the, at the receipt of custom? Matthew was just doing what he always did. He was in his routine. He was just living life, and at this point he didn't realize there was more to life than what he had already been exposed to. And I wonder in this world how many, they may not sit at the seat of custom, but day after day they just go through life. They fulfill their routine. They clock in, they clock out. They go home and they don't realize that there is a Savior who died for them. Well, he was caring enough to say, I'll interrupt your routine. I want you to know there's more to this than just working a job and, and living out your days. There's a life beyond this one. There's an eternity that you can spend with me, but there's also a life of service that you can have for me. And friend, aren't you glad that God interrupted your routine when, when, when an old gospel preacher got up and preached a gospel message or, 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 or a loved one opened the word of God and showed you how you could be saved or somebody knocked on your door and said, hey, let me tell you the greatest news you could ever hear that Jesus loves you. He died on the cross for you and he interrupted your routine and he turned your world upside down. He was caring enough to interrupt the normal. So many go through life, they're unaware of their own lost condition. They think they have a lot of days ahead of them, but they really don't know. Christ cared enough to see a man named Matthew and see him sitting at the receipt of the custom and then this is the last thing I'll mention this morning. We see in the same verse. He saith unto him, follow me. Jesus was looking. Jesus was caring. But we see thirdly, Jesus was calling. I mentioned that at the beginning of the message this morning that this verse just kind of speaks to me in several ways, but we find Jesus saw a man named Matthew. And yet this morning we read from the gospel according to Matthew. And long before Matthew would become a disciple, and Matthew would be witness to the, the miracles that Christ did, and Matthew would see the multitude saved and after Christ was crucified and rose again from the dead. And Matthew was there when Christ ascended into heaven. And he spoke what we read in, in Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 8. And Matthew and those other disciples, those apostles, would go into this world preaching the gospel and reaching people with the gospel. Long before that ever happened, Matthew was fulfilling his daily routine. Matthew got up in his lost condition. Matthew went to work. But there was one that was looking. There was one who was searching. There was one who said, I can not only change your eternity, but I can use your life to make a difference in the life of others. And friend, you may be sitting here this morning, and it may be a little overwhelming to think that the God of the heavens knows your name. He died for you. But let me just assure you, he knows who you are. He cares for you. And if you had been the only one who had ever lived, he'd have still gone to the cross of Calvary. He still would have suffered and bled and died so that you might have salvation. But not only does he want, want, want you to save your soul, I believe there's Christians sitting 
in the pews this morning, you have convinced yourself that God can never use you. God can never use you to make a difference. Matthew, before he was ever used, before he ever put quill to paper to pen this book, God saw him sitting at a seat of custom. God saw him in his routine. And when he decided to follow Christ, his whole life would be changed. Perhaps there's Christians in here this morning, you don't think you could make a difference. But what if we could support another missionary like the one we heard from this morning? So I can't go, well, maybe you can give. We all can pray. Well, I could never do something like that, but maybe you could teach a Sunday school class. Or maybe that neighbor that lives next door to you, that you exchange pleasantries. Maybe if you could get a burden in your heart to reach your neighbor with the gospel, and your neighbor in their routine, and your neighbor just going about their business, could you imagine what would happen if we all got burdened to a place where it's more about just reaching the world, but I want to reach one individual. I'd like to win a neighbor to Christ. I'd like to win a coworker to Christ. I'd like to win a family member to Christ. How in the world is the church supposed to reach the whole world with the gospel? One at a time. He saith unto him, follow me. I believe this morning, as I've already mentioned, Christ cares about the soul of every man. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, get that settled today. But also believe he makes that call to every child of his. Follow me. The question is whether or not we'll follow as Matthew followed. He arose and followed him. This morning, however the Lord has led you, let's, let's do business with God. Father, I pray.